0: Log Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 575th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you an American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. you get your daily reading from me and other writers over at the Red Bull News Network. But as always, this show will always be about the American game for this sport, no matter what chat room is open. Come on in, discuss amongst yourselves if you like, give a question for me. And I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. And as we get ready, in a couple of days, the opening weekend of Major League Soccer's 2023 season will get underway. It is exciting time once again in American soccer as the top league in our country, whether you agree or not. The top league in our country is ready to go, ready to get underway, and this feels like we're going to have a brand new year. And, of course, once again, we are no longer going to have matches being broadcasted by your regional sports networks. Everything will be streamed live through the MLS Apple TV deal. So if you already have your Apple subscription, Ready to go for Apple TV or the MLS Season Pass subscription through Apple TV. Head on over there and enjoy the matches. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see how everything will be done. Now, I will say this. I don't think everything will be smoothly on the first day. Hopefully it will be. I expect a couple of bumps in the road here and there. But if you give it a chance and allow it to mature they could definitely do things great here in this 10-year deal. Now, as always, head on over there, and you will we'll find out all the wonderful things this will be involving the MLS Apple TV season pass deal. As of right now, the CONCACAF under-17 quarterfinal matches are underway right now, and tonight on Fox Sports 2, Uh, The United States is taking on Guatemala. Originally, this match was supposed to be on Wednesday, but it's on tonight. So uh, hopefully you guys can listen to my show while you're watching the under-17 U.S. kids try to get a big, big victory. But now, now, we can talk about the new playoff format that will begin at the end of this regular season in 2023. For the brand new MLS Cup playoffs. From the league. Right now. It's going to be. Nine clubs. In each conference. Automatically go to the MLS Cup playoffs. That means. Conference regular season winners. Supporters shield champions. As well as. The other conference champion who is not the supporter shield champion will no longer have that bye week to start the playoffs that's good that's very good but here is the schedule and the and the setup for these playoffs after decision day on october 21st is over the playoff schedule will go as follows. Wild card matches October 25th and 26th. Round one best of three series matches October 28th through November the 12th. Print semifinals and conference finals November 25th and December the 3rd. The MOS Cup final presented by Audi will be on December the 9th. And here is the qualification once again. Seeds 1 through 7 in each conference will automatically qualify for the Round 1 Best of 3 Series. Seeds 8 and 9 in each conference will qualify for the Audi 2023 MLS Cup Playoffs Wild Card Matches. So, basically, whoever's in the 8th seed will host the 9th seed in the 1 and done. Then, then goes into the first round for the rest of the field on both conferences. Best of three. Here is that setup. Every round one game will have a winner, no ties, no aggregate score. The matches will be hosted in a home-away-home format. Match one, higher seed hosts. Match two, lower seed hosts. Match three, higher seed hosts. If... The first two games are split. If a match is tied at the end of regulation, no extra time will be played. Teams will participate in penalty kicks from the penalty spot to to determine the winner. The first team to win two matches will advance. Teams from each conference will advance to the conference semifinals. Eastern Conference, Round 1, Best of 3 Series, and the same thing, Western Conference, Round 1, Best of 3 Series. Number 1, the top seed will face the winner of the wild card, 8 or 9. The second seed will host the seven seed. The, the number three seed will host the number six seed. The number four seed will host the number five seed. Conference, semifinals, four games. Single elimination matches hosted by the higher seed. If the score of a conference semifinal game is tied at the end of regulation, two 15-minute extra time periods will be played in their entirety. If the score is still tied at the end of the two extra time periods, teams will participate in kicks from the penalty spot and to determine the winner. So basically, the winner of the One versus eight or nine series will be taking on the winner of the number four through number five series. Winner of the number three or uh, number six series will host the winner of the number two versus number seven series. Conference final, same thing. There will be extra time if the match is tied, then penalty kicks if it's still tied after extra time. And then it's the one and done the rest of the way MLS Cup. Final. And that will be whoever is the Shield winner or the highest seed altogether remaining from the Shield standings to host the MLS Cup championship. Ladies and gentlemen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. By MLS's standards, we're still going to change it up. And we're still going to add more games. The amount of matches that are being used right now. Is an absolute travesty. Especially when you have. A regular season. The US Open Cup. Some teams involving the CONCACAF Champions League. And now you're going to take a break. From your league season to play League's Cup to add on more games. And now to add on two more games in a particular round just so the playoffs can be more exciting. Ladies and gentlemen, fixture congestion is at an all-time high. And I understand whatever happens in Europe, single elimination matches in League Cup, FA Cup, regular season with no playoffs, only for those clubs that are going to try and get promoted into the next division. But the truth of the matter is this this is going way too far for the American MLS calendar. Matches for the playoffs is a shame. Extra matches just for these playoffs is is just not the way to go. And I am excited about this new MLS season. I when MLS is back uh you know on our screens now on our computer screens and hopefully you'll have your fire sticks and you can transfer those games from your laptops from your computer screens to your main TV screen or from your uh apps to your main TV screens I mean look I'm ready for that ready to go just to extend the season like this I'm sorry, this is just a waste of time. But we will never, ever, ever get to a point where I believe we will not be just like how it's done in Europe, or at least the rest of the world. And the truth is is this. I'm not saying you have to stop fighting for that. All I'm saying is we we have to be aware and recognize that maybe it's not going to happen. Now, I'm not giving up on that idea. I'm not saying that I'm going to be joining those on in that camp who believes that idea to give up to hope to have what everyone else does around the world and that what we can do here is the same thing. But it comes a point where we're just going to have to understand that this is the way that this game is going to be played here in the United States. If you want to keep on fighting and keep on believing that the other way is better, the traditional way, then let's keep fighting for it. Till then, I just want everyone to understand it's not about giving up. It's not about conceding. It's about be aware that maybe it's not going to happen. Just be aware. But don't turn your back on the game here in this country because we are developing players. And they are making the move, but as of right now, just be aware that this is probably going to be the way that things are going to be now and into the future. But one day, and that's my hope, my hope is one day we do move forward, that we move forward into... The situation of how this game should be played, how it should be governed, and to end the silliness of these extra games that should not be around, and to just plain and simple worry about ourselves and not overly be concerned about what goes on in Liga MX. The only time we are concerned about it should be during CONCACAF Champions League and the national teams in CONCACAF and FIFA events. Nothing more, nothing less. Because that, my friends, is all we should be concerned about. We worry about ourselves. We don't worry about what goes on down there? I mean, if you're a fan of the league down there, Liga MX, fine. I have nothing against it. You want to support Chivas, Club America, Pachuca, Le Club León, uh, you know, Toluca? I mean, go ahead. That's not my problem. I believe that this league's cup was forced to be recognized by CONCACAF because of what They are afraid of losing interest in their top CONCACAF club tournament here in this confederation, especially in North America. Well, ladies and gentlemen, i got a great show for you tonight as we get ready to take on and tackle a very interesting bit of information that's been going on right now as it sounds like there might be a mutiny within our midst, And it sounds like there's a lot going on with this situation that, I'll be honest, I, I didn't even expect this to happen, especially with a club like the Los Angeles Galaxy, to see... The fans, the diehards, really going against this particular person in the front office. And that is Chris Klein, the president of the club over at the LA Galaxy. Chris Klein right now is public enemy number one. And when I say public enemy number one, I mean you're going through social media, through uh, Twitter, and you're seeing all these signs all over the place in by Dignity Health Sports Park, downtown Los Angeles, and boy, oh boy, these guys mean business. Join me right now to talk about what's going on with the whole Chris Klein situation. This is my good buddy Mike Gray. Hey, Daniel, how's it going, man? It's been a long time. Well, how are you? And welcome.
1: Oh, hey, man, can you hear me? It's a little, uh, it's a little choppy.
0: I hear you. Yep, I hear you. Good. I hear you're good now. Thank you for very much for joining us tonight. Um, so, Mike, w- what is the situation going on with the fans and with pr- club president Chris Klein? Um, you know, I mean, we've always thought and believed the L.A. Galaxy, the creme de la creme of the American <laughs> soccer clubs today, especially in MLS. Uh, the supporters have always been loyal to the club and to everyone in the front office. But but what's going on with this whole situation with Chris Klein?
1: Well, to give you a quick recap, uh, he's been in charge of the club since 2013. The Galaxy had three MLS Cups in four years, 2011, 2012, 2014. They had a little dynasty. Bruce leaves in 2016. Uh, The Galaxy have two playoff wins in six years. They shuffle through four different coaches, three different GMs, even the presence of a soccer god, a living soccer god in Zlatan Ibrahimovic, even he couldn't change her fortunes. And so, uh, there's, you know, outside of LA, there's some people who wonder, okay, you got Ricky Pooge, uh, you know, LAFC, you know, the, the, what I've heard from, you know, over and over again, theme is that once they beat the Galaxy, that's when they really thought they could win the whole thing. So, you know, they were pretty close to winning a title, until people are saying, why why now? Well, it's because uh, back in 2018, when the Galaxy they had just come off the worst season ever, and uh, Chris Klein in the dead of night, his, uh, he received a contract extension. Uh, they never announced it, but, you know, there was a perception that this was given to him not necessarily because of on field performance, but because of uh who he was exactly. I mean, if you go back a long time, uh, Tim is the guy who famously brought in David Beckham, uh, he basically groomed Klein to be an executive. He's not someone who grew up wanting to wanting that to be his kind of like thing, you know, he he, he, he was a he was a guy player and so uh when he got that five year extension, you know, there was a perception there wasn't due to the merit. And then when you, so five years go on and, you know, you, the galaxy, despite a few successes, you know, they basically, in my opinion, they have ceded the city to LAFC. Uh They have two supporters shields and the uh, MLS cups. And, mm-hmm. you know, so anyway, uh, so you have this just long string of failure. And then, you know, you get to the end of this season and, I got to tell you, the media was a little frustrating because we wanted to know towards the end of the season whether or not he was going to be extended, and there was this game of you know back and forth, and we're going to tell you in a week, we're going to tell you tomorrow, and blah blah blah. And so finally, uh, Kevin Baxter, LA Times, he gets word on a Friday, two sentence, uh, uh, two sentence statement that says that Klein will be returning uh, for an eleventh season, and then. We find out just recently with the Jeff Carlisle article that it turns out that he's actually got a multi-year extension. And so uh, that was the stride that broke the camel's back. And so at that point, you had uh, a revolt. And, you know, almost, uh, I think it was a day or so later, once the extension happened, that was when all uh, the collective Galaxy supportive groups, you know, the Angel City Brigade, the Riot Squad, the Galaxians, uh, Galaxy Outlaws, Basically, everybody goes to ultras. Uh, they put out a collective statement saying, you know, we will not be returning to the Victoria block, or, or aka the supporter section, until change has been made. And ever since, uh, you know, it's been kind of a game of kicking. Uh, the first preseason game, there was a huge protest in front of the main entrance to Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, basically the fence, stormed the parking lot and basically just, you know, there's there's the cars and they just kind of, you know, go into it. And they basically walked in front of that area and then just basically had a bunch of banners for about 15 minutes or so. And it was just, you know, it was, it was a pretty big deal. It, it overshadowed the, the game a little bit. And then uh, recently, you know, a few days ago, uh, and this is where, I, you know, I really want to share some insight, uh, the Galaxy had their kit launch at downtown LA at uh, Grand Central Market. That's the perfect spot for this type of thing, but um, it was weird, I got to tell you, because, uh, you know, I get there, and on one side of the street, you had fans lining up, you know, around the corner, you know, because, yeah, I mean, this is obviously a big, exciting event. And then on the other side of the street, you have this protest. And a lot of the people with the same signs had returned. And you had this big visual display. And I got to tell you, it was creating some tension just as a joke. I mean, it's kind of funny. But uh, I'd only been there a few moments. And then uh, one of the supporters walks up to me and just starts questioning my reporting. And, you know, it, it was a little funny to me because, I mean, I've always been neutral, but then the more I talk to people, the more I talk to fans, the more I talk to staff, uh, you know, the one constant emotion I was throwing from everybody was frustration because, I mean, I got to tell you, back to the, you know, back to the kit launch, uh, it was, it was a good event, but there wasn't a lot of people there, and i got to tell you, that's one that really hit me that this protest might have had an effect because, uh, again, it was disappointing because it it was a fun event, but it was severely dampened by the protest. And so there weren't a lot of people. And then specifically at the end when everyone goes on stage, you know, you expect this big roar, and it was was just very muted. And then um, afterwards, walking around Grand Central Market, you know, they had – all sorts of stuff. They had a, a, a little setup where you could, you know, customize your new Jersey and then they had a pop-up shop outside. And, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, you can say yourself, all right, if, if there were like twice as many people here, this would have been a big hit, but, uh, you know, it wasn't. And then going back to the final preseason game, I'm driving into the stadium. And again, another protest and, uh, there's been a lot of debate over how effective the protests are and, you know, are the supporters doing the right thing, so on and so forth. Uh, that's debatable, but where it's really just not good at all is when you, when you watch the games themselves. I mean, the last game was on uh, Apple, you know, the new Apple uh, season pass. <laughs> and, yeah, when when you're watching that game and there's no – virtually no one in the supporters section, uh, it's just a different product. It's a weekend product. And, I mean, it, it's, it's easy to get – it's easy to get – what's the word? And it's easy to be insular and just kind of think of the protest in terms of the hardcore fans. Think of the people who are just going to a game for the first time, and they show up and there's no fans in the supporters section. Now, anyone who goes next door to LAFC and goes to Emo Stadium and – you know, sees what they have over there. There's, there's no contest. So right now, you know, this is not good because the galaxy the their product has been severely weakened by this protest. And then, you know, it's not necessarily safe for the supporters either because the longer that they don't attend games, you know, Victoria Block is hollow ground, but it's AED's hollow ground, and uh, specifically with the LA Riot Squad, they are situated in a part of Sydney that's actually attractive for uh, sales, but because it's you know because it's a far section, they do sell the seats at a at a discounted rate, and so that in particular is a part of the stadium where you know if butts don't return the seats eventually, you could see maybe the galaxy make a progressive move because but one thing that uh the one thing that both sides understand is that chris Klein 's not going anywhere uh, Danny said that literally um in the, the Carlisle piece, but you know, the fans, they don't need Chris Klein to go for them to exercise their power. Their power isn't affecting the bottom line and that's revenue. That's PR. And right now you, you've got these two sides that are both, again, uh, they're both being weakened by this protest, but they're both also very comfortable in their positions. So I don't know how this ends. Uh, but you know
0: anyway yeah 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 no i mean i understand i mean you know this is something i I don't think we've ever seen um like you know upset fans that put the old you know paper bag over their heads and you know, you know, draw dark circles where their eyes are and, and, you know, do a couple of tears down the eyes to say, you know, you're embarrassed and, and disgusted and everything. But, um, I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. And it it must be, is it, is it been troubling to see this? I mean, I obviously you probably do understand their, uh, their frustrations out there, but has it been really difficult
1: well, like I was saying before, uh, no one's happy right now. If, if you talk to if you talk to the supporters, you know they feel frustration because they feel like their message isn't getting out across, and you know maybe they feel like they're being perceived as, for lack of a better word, punks. You know, people. And you know, when you talk to fans, it's kind of the same thing. Like you know, the, there's there's this perception that's like, oh well, they're ruining for us. You know, and. Uh, <clears throat> you know, just as a comparison, uh, you know, LA, they have this uh, Sixth Street Bridge, that they just opened up separating LA from Boyle Heights, and it's kind of funny. It made national headlines because they opened the bridge, and then uh, you had all sorts of people doing, like, car takeovers and skate stunts. Some barber, he even brought his barber chair and cut some dude's hair on the bridge, which is obviously ridiculous, right? And so you have this debate between you know sort of the citizens are going hey you know this is a 588 million dollar project and you're ruining it and then you had the other people who were very strongly you know saying hey you're right this is a 588 million dollar project and we paid for it with our tax dollars so we consider it to be a public venue we can do whatever we want with it and you're kind of seeing the same thing where uh you know a majority of the fans are being you know Reasonable and they're being nuanced about the situation, but there is tension, you know. Uh, there's this again, there's this perception from one side that the other side's screwing things up and so on and so forth. Um, you know, when it comes to Klein, uh, because I, you know, you invite me on here to just say at the bottom, <laughs> just repeat talking points, you know, you want a real opinion. Um, tell you what. Klein has always been good on the business side of things. And if I look at uh, you know a club like IAX, uh their CEO, or at least back in the day, was uh, you know, Edwin Vandersar. Um, now, if being the CEO of IACS is good enough for Edwin Vandersar, can't being some sort of business position be good enough for Chris Klein? Because, I mean... Uh, I'll tell you what, he's he's a good guy. There's a reason why you have so many people willing to kind of throw themselves in front of the dude. And it's because, you know, he he is a good person. Uh, At some point, I want the guy to have to own up to his record. And that's where, you know, not just the fans are upset, but even, you know, some of us in the media who who want, you know, we all want people to be held accountable. So, um, but yeah, it, it is frustrating because, Uh, you're right, it hasn't really been anything like this. Uh, You've had stuff in in the Pacific Northwest. You know, there's the Iron Flag protest. Some some Portland fans want Merrick Thalson done for his role with the club and sexual harassment and all the garbage that's been going on with them. And, you know, it, it, it is difficult, especially if you talk to the staff. I mean, they put a lot of work into that event, and it sucks to see a great club stumble. And, yeah, that's what's been going on. So, And, you know, the thing that's kind of screwed up is that uh, underneath all of this, the Galaxy eventually had quite a productive off offseason. Uh, everyone was talking about how the Galaxy couldn't get jack squat from their wings. You know, Kevin Craball and Sam Gensier are gone. They were both dangerous in the open field, but what they weren't is goal dangerous. Neither one could finish in front of net. So uh, now you have Memo Rodriguez, who, by the way, amazing addition. Uh, and then you've got Efra, Efrain Alvarez, who's actually, you know, he's, he's thrived this, this preseason, even though the running joke among the Galaxy media is, oh, yeah, it's going to be his breakout year for, like, about six seasons running. But, uh, you know, those are two players who are excellent in possession, and they're both quality players. And they're adding to a group that's already good in possession and quality. And then you have Tyler Boyd coming galen neal's developing and then even the loss of julian arajo you know uh lucas caligari they're looking to replace him pretty quickly so uh there's a lot of optimism and i mean and it's kind of nuts considering the galaxy have a have a have a cheating scandal on their hands by the way i mean there's a lot going on and it's hard to keep track of all of it i mean even now with um this week, I mean, Friday, there's going to be a thing in downtown LA. There's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be insane. And then the next day, we're supposed to go to Rose Bowl, but it's supposed to actually be raining, and it's going to supposedly be freezing cold. So uh, there, it's, you know, I, I guess it was fast times. at Dignity health sports park. But, yeah, um, there's a lot going on. But uh, we're looking forward to it down here, even though, like I said, uh, this week's a little chaotic. I'm sure you heard about the playoff format which is kind of a joke, but, hey, I'll go with it.
0: (laughs) Mike, it sounds like the season hasn't started yet and you already need a vacation.
1: Oh, man, that's what – I love that you say that because that's that's what I was telling my media colleagues not too long ago over the weekend. I mean, there was no break. Like, we just – how long was the break? Like, three weeks? I mean, maybe it was because the World Cup kind of – took all of our attention, and that was a thing where it was all encompassing. You wake up every day, you watch, like, three games. So, yeah, we, we've all got soccer pouring out of our eyeballs right now, but that's okay, man. Things could things could always be worse, right?
0: Exactly. Things could always be worse. But I'll tell you right now, uh, uh, there's just too much going on over there on your side of the uh, city, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want you to run down before they open up the season on Saturday, man. I mean – you know, they need you right now.
1: Yeah, that's we're 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 already too late for that, my friend. At this point, it's just all about pounding the caffeine and seeing where it takes me.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Uh before um I let you go, James Neal got his uh, first taste on the national team against uh, both uh, Serbia and against Colombia over in the uh, L.A. area. In in your opinion, uh, how did he do? Uh, What did you think he needs to improve on, or do you think he's on a good trajectory for the senior side?
1: Cool, calm, and collected on the ball. Uh, Jalen Neal is a special talent. And, uh, you know, you might be saying, you know, like you started off with – talking about how he actually got his national team caps before uh, he actually got his uh, first minutes with the first team of the galaxy. Well, he actually was injured and yeah, uh, the, you know, the, the legendary Joe Totino, he had to remind me that, uh, Jalen was injured last year. And by the time he got back up to speed, you know, the group had already progressed and it was one of those just unfortunate timing deals, but yeah. Um, He hardly put a foot wrong in the game versus Serbia. Uh, He's very good at, you know, one of the things that separates the good from the great players and what we're really looking for, uh, Ernie Stewart was talking about this the other day, but we really need individuals that are just next level in terms of quality. And that's what Kalen Neal's got. He doesn't put a foot wrong. He's very good at breaking line passes. And his distribution is just, you know, it's something where you might think the guy was out of Spain or something. But um, now, even you know, now I think about it, even Walter Zimmerman. Um, he shared some exclusive. I've got some quotes I I can't really share yet. But um, yeah, Walter Zimmerman was very high on him when I when I talked to him uh, afterwards, and uh, the same thing with Greg Vanny. Uh, He's a bit of a secret, isn't he? Uh, but not for very long, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Uh, at the, even just maybe, you know, at the beginning of preseason, uh, when I talked to Vanny, his perception was very much, we want Neil to, to step into the first team, but he's going to be behind uh, Caseras, Martin Casaras He's going to be behind Sega, Kulibali, uh, Chris Mazinga. And he was supposed to be backing up the, you know, supposed to be backing up the starters. And that was about mm, four, six weeks ago. Now, in that short period of time, it's kind of progressed to the point where he's going to be challenging for first team minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a starter halfway through the season. Uh, I think they just were very, were very patient with him. And that patience appears to be paying off. And, What makes Jalen Neal in particular so special is that uh, Julian Araujo's transfer to Barcelona was great, right? But he was on Galaxy Two Los Dos. He was on there for about like I think it's literally 15 minutes. Uh, You know, he he was for all by accounts. You know, he was raised by the by uh, the Barcelona academy in Arizona, and then he kind of jumped over to G2 and then instantly made the jump to the first team. I don't consider that to be developing a player. Jalen Neal has is a bona fide low dose development story. And uh I think he was been with the team since he was like twelve, thirteen, so you know he's someone who's a genuine, you know, academy player and for the, if you're the Galaxy you've had an absolute horrendous record at developing young players. In fact, around uh, the story is that all the good young players for the Galaxy end up leaving. Some fare better than others. I mean, how'd you write? Paul Iola, Uli Lanes, uh, list goes on. Galen Neal is going to be the first success story if he can pull it off, and all signs point to yes. So uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. But for right now, you know, uh, Galen Neal and Memo Rodriguez, And Efra and Alfred, those are the three kind of young and -and up-and-coming talents that we're looking forward to down here.
0: Absolutely, and it's going to be exciting to see what those guys can do for the Galaxy in this brand-new season. But, Mike, listen, I I want to say thank you very much for joining me tonight. I know you're very busy with everything that's going on over there in L.A., uh, especially with all the Galaxy stuff, but I really appreciate you taking the time and being on the show. And, um, of course, Mike Gray – a former SB Nation colleague of mine uh, He's with the Striker News now. And hopefully everything's going well with with the Striker News for you. And uh, anytime I want to be back on the show, please, you're more than welcome to rejoin me.
1: Thank you so much, my friend. You know, you were the first – one of the first podcasts I ever did. And then uh, I had to jump straight from you to Weeby and Extra Time and uh, Power Rankings. And, yeah, and, you know, it's funny – Either you, you're brave and you just kind of jump into it, or if someone's got to invite you onto a show, then that's how you get started. And you know, you you kind of got me started a little bit. So you know, thank you so much, my friend. I'll, I'll be back soon, maybe in a few weeks. Okay.
0: So you tell me, Weeby stole you from me. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then I and I, and I got yelled yeah. at afterwards by someone else. I don't know. I I never know whose side I'm that's on. That's all dude. right.
0: don't worry you're always on I'm on your side all the time you're on my side all the time it's okay I'll speak to Weeby about it some other time no I'm just joking but uh, (laughs) (laughs) thanks a lot Mike and have a good night take it easy man all right you too Mike Gray from the striker news covering the LA Galaxy. The Striker News also covers mostly Texas soccer but they've been covering uh, adding on LA Galaxy, LAFC and Atlanta United so they've been pretty good together going forward and it's great to see Mike uh, doing very well with uh, being with the Striker News and uh, if we get more LA Galaxy stuff we'll contact him and see what's going to happen further down the road. The United States under 17s leading Guatemala 2-0 right now in their quarterfinal matchup in the Under-17 Championship, which is in the country of Guatemala. And at currently, uh, the goals are scored by Brian Carmona Romero in the seventh minute. And then Quiro Figueroa, Maynard Figueroa's son, scores in the 28th minute against Guatemala. Uh, match is still going on. In the 41st minute, United States is on the attack currently, and they have the ball, uh, trying to cross it in, heading across, but grabbed by the Guatemalan keeper. So, as of right now, they're up two goals to nil, and you can watch this match live on Fox Sports 2, or if you have the Fox Sports app, you can go on there. Uh, Spanish language will be on the VIX app, or VIX Plus. Uh, just g- check your... Uh, uh, app stores on your, uh, whether it be on Android or on Apple, and download it and see what happens uh, so you're able to watch it live either on your app or on your TVs. Once again, Fox Sports 2 Live if you have it. Um, other than that, get ready for a hell of a season in Major League Soccer. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, this coming Friday night, the NPSL Soccer Show will be show number two. First four of the ten expansion sides that will be entering the 2023 season. We already did Annapolis Blues uh, from last year, uh, and we already took care of them. So we're going to have some fun with the brand new pack coming forward as we get ready to talk about those clubs in the NPSL who are joining the league this year. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And those clubs will be Charlottetown hops, Greenville United, Virginia dream FC and Etar our Belleville, uh, FC. And then of course the following Friday will be the, third MPSL Soccer Show, and we'll finish off the rest of the brand new expansion clubs coming into the National Premier Soccer League. Join me next week for another regular Forestines Fire American Soccer Show. And then when we get to March, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. CONCACAF Champions League round of 16 matches get underway. U.S. Open Cup first round matches get underway. CONCACAF Nations League group stage matches will finish up around the end of March, and it's going to be hot and heavy into the brand new season. I want to thank my guest tonight, Mike Gray, from the Striker News, covering the situation going on with the Los Angeles Galaxy, and of course, club president, Chris Klein. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight, and as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long. Bye-bye for now. Enjoy the brand new season of MLS this coming weekend. You can watch it all on the MLS Season Pass through Apple TV. Have a good night, everybody. Take care so long, and bye-bye for now.